All right. Greetings. All right, thank you. Oh, look, hey, it's such a joy for us to be here today. Man, I've had a blast already. I thought Ian could have carried on and we could go home. <laughs> that was such a good communion word, wasn't it? And uh, I just love the enthusiasm in the house, you know, the pursuit of God and the, the love of the, the presence and power of God. And, uh, you know, just a joy again for Vicky and I to be here. We always love being in excitement. Um, well, I wanted to, to share with you this morning on increasing the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I, I thought about, I've seen this big New Zealand transport agency sign, um, and it's addressing the alcohol issues, and it says, slow to flow. Um, what I want to say this morning, increase the flow of the Holy Ghost in our lives, because it's His Spirit, it's the right Spirit that... Uh, calibrates us to the, to the ways of the kingdom of God. And that's what restores us, heals us, and fills us with hope as we go in life. And uh, my question for you this morning is, who would love to have a greater flow of the Holy Spirit, presence, and power in your life? Because I think that's how my focus this morning is, is there anything that we can do to increase the flow? To, to access and, and, and take, it, take um, this amazing offer and gift of the Holy Spirit and cultivate our relationship even more. Well, I would say um, after a few years on the road, <coughs> there is a whole lot more Holy Spirit that could flow through me. And we're never going to exhaust that. So um, I'm after that today. So um, how can we live in a greater flow so this is not an extensive um, you know, list of what you can do, but these are some thoughts that could help you increase the flow. So the capacity to live a supernatural life, to live a life that is a, a, a life in the Spirit, is directly proportionate to the degree to which the Holy Spirit fills us. You see, it's not in ourselves to live like Jesus. It's Him inside of us living his life, that makes it possible. And the only way his life can be manifest in us is by the Holy Spirit. He came to be all that Jesus is inside of us. And so we saw it illustrated. We see it illustrated so much in the Old Testament. We see all the wonderful greats of the Old Testament, the men and women of God who did extraordinary things, and they did it by the quickening power of the Spirit of God. It wasn't Abraham's natural strength that enabled him to father a son that, at 100 years of age. Goodness me, you know, that's got to be the Holy Ghost. And same with Sarah, you know, conceiving at 90. Woohoo! That has got to be Holy Ghost. Moses leading two million people through the wilderness. You can't do that on your own. That's got to be the Spirit of God. Joshua leading those armies into the promised land. Great conquests and battles won uh, by the anointing and leading of the Holy Spirit. What about Samson, the strongest man that ever lived on the planet? Um, was he in his own strength, Mr. Universe? No, it was in the power of the Spirit of God that came upon this man and empowered him in a phenomenal way. Samuel, the amazing um, prophetic anointing on Samuel, 
You know, it says in the scripture in 2 Samuel that all the days that Samuel lived, the Philistines couldn't enter the land. There was such a prophetic anointing flowing through this man that he, the Spirit of God through him protected all the borders of Israel. What a phenomenal thing. And of course, David, the greatest Old Testament beloved king who ushered in some wonderful things. David loved the presence of God and he went after the spirit of God. And so we live in a, a glorious new dispensation. We live in an even more privileged time than any of the Old Testament saints who had the Holy Spirit come upon them for a season, but they never had the opportunity that we have for him to indwell us and abide with us. In the old covenant, he came and he, he, he came upon men and women to achieve something, a specific task. But in this new covenant we live in, he comes to dwell inside of us permanently. A bit of an exciting thought that the same spirit that gave Samson all that strength in you, the same spirit that enabled Sarah to conceive at 90 is in you, uh, girls, I don't know if you want to believe for that after you're over 60, but anyway, the same, that same anointing is inside of you. And, and see, anything that you can see in the old covenant is accessible as the Holy Spirit may want to bring that forth in this hour. He can. Anything you can see in the old is available to you in the new. And so um, I... I um, I get excited about that. And God's plan for us now is that he might take up residence inside of us. And so, um, just before I go any further, I, Pete and Deb, you're in the house somewhere, aren't you? Where's Pete and Deb? Deb, I just really felt very strongly for you and Pete this morning in the worship that God wants you to know he has not forgotten you. You are fully in his heart, in his mind, and his purpose for you. He is not, you are not on the shelf, you are not on the sideline. All the things that you are dreaming into and believing for, he is going to uh, fulfill those things in your life. He has not forgotten you. And um, is Wayne and Christy here somewhere? I see Christy. Christy, for you and Wayne, I felt the Holy Spirit saying very strongly that new opportunities are going to open for you both new opportunities, they're going to blow the socks off you. You're going to see some things opening up in the next period of time that are going to really, really surprise you. Um, and I don't think Dave and Glennis are here, but I'm going to speak to them anyway. Dave and Glennis, because they always sit here, right? Your whole family is going to come to Jesus. So you can look in them. So the Holy Spirit wants to um, manifest through us um, in increasing ways. And I love, um, um, you know, the, this, they've got my title up there, beautiful. All right, Matthew one twenty three, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God doesn't come to just um, come near us. He comes to dwell inside of us. And Emmanuel, God with us. In John 4, 13 and 14, Jesus answered the woman at the well, and he said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. 
but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. And that's the Holy Spirit in you. He is in us to be to us a well that never runs dry. Isn't that amazing? In John 7, 37 to 39, Jesus stood up on the last day of the great feast and he cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers, rivers of living water. He spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Three days after Jesus died, he rose again, and then 40 days later, the Holy Spirit is poured out, and all who receive him and are born again can receive this amazing gift. You cannot live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. He is the empowering Spirit of God in us to do all and be all that Jesus is. You know, Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. And the disciples must have thought, how can that be? We have the physical presence of Jesus, but Jesus said, it's to your advantage. Because when Jesus went away, he sent the Holy Spirit, who could be more to us than Jesus is if he were physically here in the room. Because Jesus can't live in you if he's in a physical body, but if he's, he's, he's glorified and sitting at the right hand of the Father, now he can dwell inside of us by his Spirit. And so, you know, we look, God is more willing to give us the Holy Spirit. He is so willing. And Luke, 13, Luke 11 tells us that how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You know, there is no problem in heaven over the Holy Spirit being available. He's fully available, fully available to every single person. And he delights when we ask, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would dwell in me in all his fullness. You know, the Christian life is summed up simply by saying that the fallen nature I inherited from Adam, Jesus took it to the cross he gave his own perfect life in its place and his overcoming life now is inside of me. That's my life. The Holy Spirit is the means by which the life of Christ is manifest or becomes my experience. And we need the Holy Ghost to live the Christian life. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you the hope of glory. I have no other hope but him inside of me. His life is everything. Hallelujah. There's a whole lot more scriptures, but I've got two buses this morning, the Holy Spirit and the time monitor. So I will push on. I want to ask you a question this morning, because God's intention for us is that we be led by the Holy Spirit. It says in Romans 8 that all who are the sons and daughters of God, are led by the Holy Spirit. And now my que another question this morning is, what is leading or who is leading you? What is leading you? Who is leading you? Is it me, my own desires, um, out of focus with Jesus and focused too much on, or focused on the things that are around my life? Or is it the Holy Spirit? What voice is directing you? And I don't want any husband to say, my wife. 
No, what voice is directing you? Is it the Holy Spirit? Is it the Holy Spirit? Is there other voices that are, that are allowed inside your heart, inside your head, trying to take you different directions? We want to be in focus, as Ian said, with the Holy Spirit because He's the one who leads us into life. Jesus' extraordinary life and ministry came out of the supernatural flow of the Holy Spirit in, and as He yielded Himself fully to the will of God. He said a number of times, only do those things I see the Father doing. And this, I believe, is the great key to living a Spirit-empowered life. I wish that I could say that the day I encountered God, I fully surrendered, but I didn't. Is there anyone else like me? <laughs> My surrender to the Lord has been progressive. And I want to just encourage you this morning that, um, yes, the day I got born again and encountered Jesus, I had a wonderful experience of forgiveness of sins and the joy of knowing I was in right relationship with the Lord. That was there from day one. But you know, I never understood. I understood little the fact that to experience his life fully, I had to fully surrender to him. And that's been a process. And Jesus said this in Matthew 16, 25. He said, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I may have received Jesus as Christ as my Savior, but have I surrendered my will, my desires, my hopes, my dreams to him fully? And it's only in that surrender that the fullness of his life can begin to flow in increasing measure. There's an amazing story or amazing scripture in Ezekiel 47. And I don't know that for time we're going to have time to go there today. But I'm just going to quickly describe to you that in Ezekiel 47, there is a description of a temple, a physical building temple with all its measurements through several chapters of Ezekiel, which to my knowledge was never built. But Ezekiel saw this temple. And I think my own perspective is I don't know that the temple was ever going to be physical. I think it was a spiritual picture of the, of the, of the new Jerusalem, of the kingdom, of the body of Christ, of the church. And so in this temple that Ezekiel saw, there was water flowing out from under the entrance of the temple facing east. And here's an interesting thing that this water that was flowing out from underneath the temple was at a thousand cubits. A cubit is about this long, from your fingers to the end of your elbow. At a thousand cubits, if you went a thousand cubits out from the, the temple, it was ankle deep, the water. If you went out another thousand cubic, cubits, it was waist deep. If you went out um, 3,000 cubits, it was too deep to walk in. You couldn't cross the river. The river was so strong and so powerful that it was too deep to cross. And this for me is kind of like my experience of progressively surrendering to the leading of the Holy Spirit. When I first came to the Lord, 
I was in ankle deep in the flow of his spirit. And I was like, <laughs> I'm finding my way. I'm not too, you know, I see all these other Christians like they're all, you know, they're really in there, but I'm only in, oh, you know, I don't know, I'm just I'm not too sure about this. And I'm in ankle deep in the river of God. But you know, God, you know, if you're in ankle deep today, I want to encourage you that when I was in ankle deep, I was enjoying my newfound freedom. I was rejoicing in the joy of knowing I'm forgiven and I'm, I'm a beloved son of God. I've got a fresh start to life. I'm learning that God is good, that he loves me, and my prayers are being answered. And Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when I was in ankle deep, I was tasting. I was, I was discovering. I was, I was trying this, this walk in the Spirit. And I was finding out that God is good. He's better than I thought. And uh, it's getting better. The more I'm in this little river, the more, oh, this is pretty good. I'm a bit, I'm, I'm liking this. And so at this level, at ankle deep, I discover he's faithful and he's looking after me. You know, I remember when I'm, I'm in the congregation worshiping the Lord and God says, you know, I, I was unfamiliar with giving and, 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 you know, putting something in the offering. And the Holy Spirit says, put your $10 in the offering. And I'm going, all of it? My whole $10? I'm ankle deep. I'm ankle deep. Okay. This is scary. Lord, I need that. Anyway, here it is. And I discover his faithfulness. A whole new way. God begins to bless me. Financially, you're going, oh, I like this. And I'm gaining, I'm gaining confidence that, that if I walk in the river, it's not going to drown me. I'm going to find life. And so I'm ready to go a bit deeper in the river. Progressively, I feel God leading me toward deeper water, fresh surrender. I begin to serve in my local church. I begin to get involved in leadership and an outreach club to boys. The Holy Spirit begins to bring greater challenges to me. And every time I yield, every time I step further in to the the flow of his spirit, the more his presence and the more his joy, the more I discover the goodness of God and my life is growing deeper. He brings me new challenges and every time I yield, more joy, more peace, more grace. I grew up on a farm and at age 15, I left school, much to the shock of my teachers um, who saw an academic future for me. And I spent the first seven years of my life farming. I loved farming. It's the only thing I ever wanted to do in my life. And I was well on my way to taking over the family farm from my dad, who was growing older. Over a period of three years, the Holy Spirit began to talk to me um, about going to Bible college and being increasing my knowledge in the Word of God. I became, came to the Lord at 17 years of age. And so, um, about age 22, this pull of the Holy Spirit to go deeper, go deeper. Follow me, son. Follow me, son. Trust me. Was growing stronger and stronger in my heart. And after about a year, the Holy Spirit had his way. Took me, it was a big one. <laughs> the farm. <laughs> my whole dream. And I was that close. And he asked me to surrender it. And so, it took a year. of, And there was some wrestling there. 
you know, there's some things that God asks you to surrender that are going to be a wrestle for you. And uh, there was a wrestle. You know, this was my dream. This was my life. This is the only thing I ever wanted. But progressively, as I yielded to that, my desire, yielded my desire to own the farm, gave half the shares to my younger brother, and uh, went to Bible school. And from Bible school, I went to Moitawa, where I've been ever since. <laughs> but, you know, what I found in the yielding was that God shifted my focus. He shifted the desires of my heart. And after all these years, I am absolutely grateful to God that I was able to surrender because I would never have had the life I've had. I'd never have experienced God to the degree that I have unless I had surrendered the, the biggest of all things in my life. I was in over my head. <laughs> he let go of everything. And now the flow of his spirit's carrying me where he wants me to go and where he wants me to be. And I believe that that's God's desire for every one of us. You know, we're ankle deep, waist deep, in over your head. That's the place where the Spirit of God can move through you in a way that He never can in, when we're only in ankle deep. And so the key, one of the great keys to more of the Holy Spirit in your life is to surrender more. When we say, Lord, I want more of you, you know, I think the, whole, the Lord looks down from heaven and says, I hear that, my son, my daughter. You, that's given. All I need is more of you, more of your heart, more surrender, and more of me can flow through you. So the challenge, and that was, you know, probably my number one point today. Um, and there's some other things that can increase the flow, but this is the one I believe that's the most pivotal for experiencing greater flows of the Holy Spirit is full and complete surrender. You know, the second thing is obedience increases the flow. Obedience to the nudges of the Holy Spirit will increase the flow. Every time we respond to the Holy Spirit, He grows stronger in us. One day an insurance agent came to visit me on the farm, was a young Christian, and he, he was very focused on selling me. He was a very passionate salesman. He was, he was going to sell me life insurance. I'm going to not leave until I sell this young man life insurance. But it was only one thought in my mind. I listened to all his presentation. There was only one thought in my mind. My mind was, tell him, you don't need life insurance. You've got eternal insurance. You, you know <laughs> The Lord's in your life, and that's where you're going when you die. Well, I couldn't do it. He drives off down the road, and I was very, very sad for myself. And going, God, I've blown it. And uh, Lord, please send him back, and I'll do it next time. And blow me down. Two days later, he comes back again. He's ready to have another go <laughs> to sell this young guy insurance. And he does this thing again, and, I, and I'm struggling. Oh, I want to tell him about Jesus. But I'm struggling, and I don't get there. And he drives off again, and this time I'm so I'm heartbroken. He's, he's gone again. God, please forgive me. One more time, one more. You know, three strikes. You know. About six weeks later, he comes again. And I, this time I'm 
already. And I share with him about Jesus. And he listens quietly and patiently. And then he, he sort of nods and he, he doesn't know quite what to say. But I'd done what the Lord had asked me. And I don't know whether he ever gave his life to Jesus. But you know, obedience increases the flow. Every time I've been asked to do something in the kingdom where a leader has asked me to do something that's put me completely in the scary zone, every time I respond, I've grown in the Holy Ghost. I was the most shy farm boy you could ever imagine. To town once a month, if I was lucky, or if town was lucky to see me, um, I was so shy. And God begins, to, your leaders begin to ask me, would you song lead? You know, scary stuff. Would you greet people at the door? You're kidding me. <laughs> but every time I'm obedient, the Holy Spirit gains more in my life. You see, obedience increases the flow. Agreeing, number three, agreeing in faith with what God says about you increases the flow. You know, when we say what God says about us, it increases the flow of His presence. You know, that's why worship is so powerful because we're confessing what God says about us. He is the way maker. He is the miracle worker. He is all of those things. And when you begin to sing them and confess them out of your heart, you know the presence of God shows up because confessing and agreeing with God increases the flow. So agree with what God says. Your tongue is a powerful channel of releasing blessing and life. And finally, worship increases the flow of his presence. I don't know of anything that I love so much as, the, as worship. I just love worship. I just come in here and, the, and we begin to worship the Lord and the presence of God just comes down upon the gathering. And, and, and I feel, and I just have the Holy Spirit begin to speak to me, begins to download things, begins to show me things. He begins to give me answers to prayers. He begins to give me his word. And so worship increases the flow. So this morning, just in wrapping up, you know, full surrender to the Holy Spirit is probably the most amazing key. The more you give Him of yourself, the more He will fill. And I'll tell you what, you will not be disappointed. I can just say, um, you know, David said this, King David said, he said, I've been young, and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. In other words, he said, every man who surrenders fully, every woman who surrenders fully to the will of God in your life, even when he asks you of things that seem impossible, as you move toward it, and it is a process, if you will surrender, I want to tell you, after a lifetime with Jesus, it gets better and better and better, and better. You will never be worse off by yielding to Jesus. And so as great as the challenges may be, and I don't know what your challenge is today, but I want to challenge you to fully surrender. I want to challenge you to be obedient to the nudges of the Holy Spirit. Do you know what? I found that the voice of God will grow quiet in my life when there's something He's been telling me to do, and I didn't respond. It grows quieter. And when I really seek him and say, God, why am I not hearing you so clearly? He goes, remember? Oh, <laughs> you're still waiting for me to do that. Okay, I get it. All right, his voice 
is there to lead us. And he leads us into life, agreeing with the word of God and giving yourself in worship. You know, yielding to the spirit of God in worship is a wonderful key. So this morning, I just want to ask you, have you begun your journey with this amazing God? Have you surrendered the first step? Is Have you taken the first step toward a transformed life by surrendering your life to Jesus? Have you received Him as your Lord and Savior? I want to promise you today that your life will only grow in every way. And in fact, you will open up a channel to the life and flow and presence of God into your life.